Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be tackling the idea of whether it can be really true when people say everything is fine in our marriage except sex. Um, before we get into that, please do subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was on why your wife may be a far more involved grandmother one day than you are expecting. I also have one child-centered marriages work, and there is no way to be a loving husband while not doing chores, oral sex on women when your rigidity is harming your relationship with your husband and kids. Oh, shit, I got a lot of them, man. Uh, why my advice to have sex with your husband differs from religious advice. Most men don't criticize their wives in bed and what leads to a dynamic where this happens when you wife, want your wife to change how she dresses. I mean, I got a lot of subscriber episodes and, of course, um, you know, oh, I mentioned that already. Oral sex on women. That's always a big hit. Okay, so everything is fine in our marriage except our sex life, you know, and sometimes people come in and say this and, you know, it never turns out to be the case because, as I said in yesterday's uh, podcast, which I did do two days in a row just because I felt bad, I had said I will tell you this in tomorrow's episode, but then I said maybe not because I've been doing them every other day, but then I said why the hell not? I'll schedule this one to come out the day after the last one just for a special treat. Um, So as I said, like there can be issues with an individual aspect of the sex life, such as, you know, I gave the example, my wife won't do anal, you know, okay, fine. You want to do anal, your wife won't do anal. I mean, all right, you know, maybe she has a bad experience with one thing, but when it gets beyond one thing, you know, like when it gets to like multiple things and uh, an entire feeling that just isn't there, then this really goes beyond just the sex life, you know? So what it usually means is I, is the person who has a higher libido feels constrained and constricted and just kind of uh, demoralized in general in the marriage. You know, and it could be the woman as well. And in this, there are women who want their husbands to be more adventurous. There are some women rarely, because over 90% of men enjoy giving oral sex, but that's not 100%. Uh, It is like over 95% or something. I looked up this statistic, but it's not 100%. So there are some women, particularly women who get involved with more self-absorbed guys, where the guy won't do that and they always want that, or where the guy just isn't very creative or imaginative in general in bed and They want something more creative or adventurous. I have posts written about that. Or women that want the guy to be more dominant. So like, all right, so let's take that one. That's like an easy one to to extrapolate from. So when women want the guy to be more dominant in bed, which is like a real common thing to the point that I've written a post about it, um... They don't just want that. They want the guy to be more dominant. They want him to be more assertive. They want him to be more with it and alpha and on the ball. You know, they want him to be proactive. They want this everywhere. They don't just want it in bed. You know, I've never heard or seen or can conceive of a woman who is like, you know, I just really want him to be like kind of a couch potato the rest of the time. But then when it hits 9 p.m., I want him to carry me up the stairs and fuck me. That like isn't reality. Generally, people yearn for the person to be different in bed because they want that person to be different out of bed as well. They want the dynamic different in bed because they want the dynamic different outside of bed. But it's too threatening and scary to say that you're very unhappy with the entirety of the dynamic that means that maybe you might actually have to think about whether you should be together and people don't want to think about that they want to push that under the rug because it's scary you know and instead they say oh everything's fine we're very close except the sex life yet I've not seen that happen 
So even in a situation where, let's say, it's uh, the woman is right post having a baby, right? And so she, they're not having any sex. They're not even outside of their six-week window. They can't have any sex. And let's say that the baby is colicky and, and whatever, and she's just, like, way off the rails with, like, PPD, and she's, like, not even acting like her old self. That's not a sex issue. Like, the guy isn't having sex at all, but that that's not even... That's not even in usually what he's thinking about. It's like, holy shit, like our lives have just been upended. How is she doing? Like, why is she acting like a stranger, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a situation where they're completely celibate for six weeks and most guys aren't really thinking about it. They're just kind of jerking off on the side, you know, and like assuming that this is what it is because of a baby and she's and worried about their wife if she's like postpartum, you know, so if she has postpartum depression or anxiety or anything. Right. And so it's sex is never just about sex. And I have a podcast about that. Or like, let's say the woman is uh, where what are, so, let, let's go to a man. Let's say that the man has erectile dysfunction. If he has erectile dysfunction, then she's going to be upset about that. But it's like you know, there are things to do about that. Uh, like go to a doctor. And if a man is going to a doctor to treat it, then the woman is usually not as upset at all. So if it's a guy that won't go to the doctor though, then she may say everything is fine in our marriage except our sex life, meaning the erectile dysfunction. But in reality, what she means is everything is not fine because my husband is the sort of person who is trying to ignore this problem and isn't going to a doctor. That's what she's really upset about. And then she's like, you know what? This is like everything else. He just lets lets problems lay there and he doesn't deal with them and he's not proactive and he doesn't, you know, uh, empathize with my experience and it's not important enough for him to get beyond his embarrassment for the sake of the marriage to go talk to somebody. So that's the real issue. And the adventurous thing is about feeling like you're not allowed to have the life that you want and you're not allowed to grab life by the horns because everything is a problem and everything is wrong and everything needs to go a different way. So just like you're not allowed to do different positions in bed and you're not allowed to talk in bed and you're not allowed to do this, and you're not allowed to do that, people who feel like that also feel that the person, the partner is anxious and rigid in many other ways as well. And they're not allowed to travel in certain ways or they're not allowed to take different jobs or they're not allowed to do anything different with their money or with the house or even in a daily schedule or, or whatever. So if you think that your partner's rigid in bed and will only do certain things, then they're usually rigid out of bed. If you think that your partner is unimaginative in bed, you're usually upset that they're unimaginative out of bed. So in bed is kind of a microcosm. It's as a proving ground for other aspects in the relationship that you're not happy with because otherwise you would just be unhappy with like one thing. You know, so there are plenty of uh, people who are unhappy wishing that a partner was better at like one thing, you know, that like maybe the guy lasted a little bit longer or the woman was a little bit better at blowjobs or something, you know. But like if you globally say I am dissatisfied with the intimacy in our relationship, usually that means that you are dissatisfied with the aspect of your partner's personality that is manifesting in the bedroom. And you're also unhappy with how that manifests outside of the bedroom, but you don't really feel like you could talk about it openly because if you did then that would indicate a great problem in the marriage a global problem that you do not want to have to be forced to reckon with because it's scary and intimidating and potentially marriage destroying but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't reckon with it right because otherwise what happens you shove problems under the rug and then they come back out at some point and you know things are worse than they would have been had you addressed them earlier on 
So the biggest ones that I see that couples can productively discuss and work on in couples counseling are the ones that come from anxiety and the ones that come from passivity. And anxiety and passivity are linked. I frequently see an anxious woman partnered with a passive man, and she's so anxious uh, that she is in, she acts very controlling about everything because she feels she does that in part because he is so passive, but he feels that he is so passive in large part because he is never allowed to try anything or do anything that is not exactly the way she wants him to. So their life in bed is, is a microcosm of their life outside of bed. She is the one who says what they can do, when they can do how they could do it and still seems disappointed with how he performs and that is how they go outside of bed too so she says uh what they could do with the kids with parenting with the house with uh travel with holidays with work he tries to execute he never gets it exactly right and she's always disappointed and feels that that's further evidence of why she needs to be in charge of everything whereas he is fantasizing about a world in which there are fewer constrictions fewer things that he does wrong less disappointment and where he can feel like he could try things and and uh see how it goes versus having to you know, uh, do things the right way, only her way, right from go. So these kinds of people usually find each other and exacerbate each other's issues in this way. Another common pairing is like a woman who is very uh, avoidant. And so she's very avoidant in bed. She doesn't like much intimacy, doesn't like kissing, doesn't like play, doesn't like touching much, just wants to get down to business and have quick, quick intercourse. And outside of bed, she's avoidant as well. She's very emotionally avoidant. And I have a podcast on avoidant wives. And he wants more romance, more love, more connection, more joking, more touching. But it's, it's it's not on the table just as it isn't in the bedroom. So it's easier for him to say things are bad in the bedroom than for him to say overall, I am very dissatisfied with how close we are. We're not close. And that like brings us to the, to the main issue, which is that when people don't feel close in the bedroom, they just don't feel close generally. You know, I mean, they, they could feel like they're a good team. They, 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 and, and you know what? This has nothing to do with how much sex they're having, ironically. So, like, there are people who could feel really close and connected during, like, a weekly sex session or even a biweekly sex session, uh, depending on their age and stage. Um, I mean, every other week, because biweekly can mean either. Uh, they could feel closer. That couple could feel closer than a couple who has every other day five-minute sex. And, and there are couples like that and that are not happy because it is not about the orgasm. You know, it isn't like it isn't just about having the quickie and masturbating with another human's body, as, as I discussed so frequently. So if you are only allowed basically to have every uh, to have five minute sex, but your wife thinks that she's doing a good job because it's every other day. But she will never touch your body. She won't let you really touch her body much. There is no, you know, excitement building. There is no play. There's no, you know, real closeness. It's just kind of like a chore that you guys do, you know, every other day. You know, that, that leaves something to be desired. And you may long for more luxurious encounters where you're actually exploring one another's bodies, but those are never never able to be found. And the people that do do the quickies are frequently very, um, you know, avoidant of, of deeper emotion. They don't like to be vulnerable. They, they don't like to put themselves out there. They don't like to put themselves out there in any regard, though, is the point. 
not just in bed. Nothing is just in bed. Your sexual style is, is representative of who you are as a person. It's the same thing as kinks. Kinks don't come out of nowhere. You know, it's not like so a woman likes to be like a submissive or a man likes to be a submissive and that has no corollary with any other aspect of their personality and is only solely in the domain of sex. Of course not. You know, I mean, they, what, what turns you on is, is what lights your brain up. And that's in, in other ways as well, in many other ways. And, and it's a core aspect of your, of your personhood is your sexuality. And it has tendrils into every other aspect of who you are as a person. So sex, to, to sum it up, sex life problems are not usually indicative of, 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 of just sex life problems. They are life problems. They are relationship problems. And if they're thought to be that, then people will get in for help at a point where maybe the needle can be moved. Because if you wait too long, obviously, then it's very hard to work on, on problems that have built up resentment for years and years. It's a lot harder to work on that than things that have just started. So if you notice that there are sex life issues and you don't say, oh, there's just sex life issues, everything else is fine. And instead you think like, what are my real issues in this relationship? So let's say that like the sex was good. What do I feel? What, what would that feel like, you know, for the sex to be good? So for most people thinking, they would say, okay, so in bed, then I would feel free or close or uh, understood or accepted or um, like we were connected. And then think, do you feel like that outside? Because it's really, I mean, it would, I have never truly, now I'm thinking about it, I've never heard a man say, yes, I deeply feel that my wife accepts me and approves of me everywhere except in the bedroom. No, that's not how it goes. If you can't be your full self in the bedroom, you can't say what you need, you can't express your fantasies or your desires, then you're also kind of image managing outside the bedroom. You know, because this is not a relationship, and it takes two, right, to be in this kind of relationship where it's closed off and you're scared to... Um, to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. So the guy, let's say, that won't tell his wife that he has a secret fantasy of, um, you know, ugh, whatever, the, for her to go down on him more, right? So he won't tell her that, but he also doesn't tell her, for example, when he's anxious about money or when he's anxious that he's not a good father or when he is worried about the overall meaning of his life or when he thinks that she is struggling with depression or when he thinks that she yells at the kids too much. Like there isn't a world in which people can talk about everything openly and emotionally except in the bedroom because if they were really talking if they really had a close and connected and open relationship it would go into the bedroom it would just be without without a doubt you know like there it doesn't it wouldn't stop at the door of the bedroom a truly open and close and honest relationship and communication dynamic does not stop at the door to the bedroom there would be no reason for it, you know. And so generally when people cannot communicate openly in the bedroom, it's because they're also not communicating openly outside the bedroom. And that honestly may be a lot more palatable for the low libido partner to work on is if you say we have communication issues and I don't feel like we're close enough versus if you say I want to work on our sex life because then the low libido partner may say but everything's fine except our sex life and so that'll just come back when, you know, the kids are older or, you know, when we have more time or when – um the kids sleep through the night or whatever the case may be, which you know is just kicking the can down the road. But if you said that there's overall closeness issues, 
which again, I've rarely seen it not be the case, then your partner may be much likelier to come into counseling. And it is actually true. So I always say like, okay, you can't just work on communication and then not work on and and think that that's going to carry through into the bedroom. It's not. But if you work on communication about everything, so what a lot of people do as a mistake in couples counseling is they work on I statements and all of this thing, but they never ever talk about stuff in the bedroom. So they're still faking because the guy is learning to say all these other types of ways of I feel statements and so is the woman and whatever, but then they never ever talk about the bedroom so they're it's still fake because the guy is still thinking but we could still never do this in bed or we could still never talk about these things I also have a relevant podcast when people um, don't fully open up or when there's rules about what they could say in couples counseling which is really relevant so sometimes the rules are not just what you could say in couples counseling it's what you could say to each other in general so like a man could be allowed to say to his wife I don't feel like we have enough time together but he's not a allowed to say, I feel like um, you're very distant from me in bed, or I feel like you condescend to to my parenting, or I feel like you uh, don't want to, um, you know, touch me, or, or like whatever the case may be. There's rules about what people are allowed to complain about and what they're not allowed to complain about. So in that case, it is there's a closed off feeling that usually pervades what goes on in the bedroom as well. All right, well, if this was, uh, I hope this resonated with you guys, or I don't hope you're in the situation where this resonates, but if you are in the situation where this resonates, then I hope that it was useful as a, a perspective shifter. And as always, you know, couples counseling can really help with these kinds of issues, with getting shit out on the table and talking about it more openly, which then can, you know, allow you to connect better in the bedroom and outside the bedroom. And uh, on that note, I will leave and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.